Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We are excited to welcome you to our Authority Series. We will be talking about the contents of our mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. Father, we just have a heart for repentance. We always say repentance is a cure. Gratitude is a key. And we're just repentant for ignoring these things and ignoring your presence. It's the place where we're healed. It's the place where we find direction for our life. And we have to come back to it. We have to. Do you ever have times like that with him? Just you and him. And he's speaking kind of, you can tell people that, that really know this. Because you, you run into them and they're just light and sweet. And sometimes, you know, they don't even have to, they can correct you without even saying a harsh word. Just their presence sometimes. You can feel it, that they've been before him. You know, that's how the disciples were witnessed. It was like, There's, those are ordinary men. But something about them tells me they've been with Jesus. Is there something about us that rings that we've been with him? That he's speaking to us, that he's speaking life. And man, I hope so too. I really, I really do. All the stuff we do in church, I mean, it's great. You know, it's all the stuff we do, we fight for causes, we give to missions and ministries that help people, that feed people, that that rescue. We love that. All that's really good. All of that's great. I mean, we sit and talk through issues and problems with people that they might see him. All that's great. It's all good. We work for kids' ministries and prepare, you know, messages and puzzles and crafts for little kids that they can have a picture of who Jesus is. I love all that, too. I love all the worship. I love the songs. You know, I, I get it. We, we are producing something so that we can gather together in his name and maybe get a glimpse of who he is. And I love all that stuff. But what really, really, really matters is one thing. And it's when it's just you and it's just him, what does that look like? Like what, you know, what if you, okay, what if you treated God like he was real? Like he was real. I feel like that's how he was saying it to me. And I remember one time, you know, he was reminding me when I started to, I've had so much anxiety just over these things that have happened this last week and not where I'm suffering anxiety attacks, but just anxious in myself. And I was sitting in, the, sitting in my chair, and I felt like I, I just told the Lord, I go, look, we're going to have to walk and talk because I'm not going to be able to sit here today. I can't do it. And God is gracious. He's like, all right, we'll walk and talk. And so we're walking and just having, you know, having conversations like that. And I remember a time just as I was walking around, because as soon as I start walking, then I start cleaning up the kitchen a little bit, you know. And I was walking around, and then I go and change the laundry real quick. And I remembered this thing where... He told me one time, you know, I just heard him say, you know, if, you, if I was a girlfriend, like this is an impression, it's not like God said, hey, if I was your girlfriend, but I felt this in my heart. If God was a girlfriend of mine coming over to have coffee with me, I would sit down, I would set a place for her, I would get cozied in, the lighting would be just right, and we would talk face to face. And he was like, what, what about me? What do you got for me? Do we need to walk and talk? Or can we just talk? And so I've, I've, you know, and then through my life, there's been times where 
you know, bring this quiet time. That's what we used to call it, your quiet time, your time when it's just you and him. And I would have that in the morning, and I would just be still before him. I read, ran across a psalm one time. My soul waits for sil- in silence for God alone. And I thought, man, my soul doesn't wait in silence for much. But I'll wait for you, God. And I used to be able to do that. I'd get up really early raising kids, get them off to school, and then I would sit for hours, you know, and just worship him. I had the privilege of staying home to raise my kids. But now we're in a situation where Scott and I are working together, and he's home a lot more than he used to be. So I'm like, i got to find some time, even around him, because I prioritize him when, when I'm in the house with him, you know. So i got to find that time. So I'm finding it before I ever even get my body off of my bed. Acknowledgement, worship, Bible. Help me today, Jesus. So that's been a discipline for a while, but these long, lingering times, I'm hungry for those. And I think it's a key. I think it's part of the answer for culture, for the world, for us to be able to walk and live and move and have our being. How are you going to walk in an authority of someone that you don't even know? We have to know him. So I'll start the message now, okay? So I was thinking about this whole book, like, all the wonders of things that happen with people that are friends of God, that are, um, you know, that, that were here and then they weren't. They were so close to God, they're walking with God, they're here and then they're not. And I just started reading stories like that. And the first one is Adam. Can you imagine being him? And you, you're, all of a sudden you're there and you're standing before the one that made you. If you, can, if you can let yourself have a lofty thought, what would that be like? That's crazy. That's amazing. You're standing there looking at God who made you and you're able to walk and talk with him. I was talking with my daughter about this early, Christy, this week, and she goes, well, he wouldn't know anything else. And I was like, oh, that makes me jealous. That makes me desire that, you know, the walking in the cool of the day with the God who made you. That's the whole plan of God. This whole book, as a matter of fact, is about that. It's about finding moments with with God and walking with him like he is real, like he exists. You know, Adam and Eve, I mean, what a wonder. That's amazingly cool. And you look at Moses, like Moses is is the friend of God too. Moses goes up on the mountain. The people say, don't go up there. You can't go up there. You'll never come down. People die in God's presence like that. And Moses goes anyway, you know, and he's forever changed. He's hanging out with God in the presence of God. He's like, please show me your glory. God's like, I'm going to show you my glory. He goes, and I'm going to send you to the promised land too. Everything I said, it's going to come to pass. I'm going to send you to that land with milk and honey, but you got to know I can't come with you because if I do, I'm going to kill everybody that hangs out with you because they're really getting on my nerves right now. They're a stiff necked people and they don't care what I'm saying. I'll kill them all. So I can't come, but you go. And you know what Moses said? I don't want to go if you're not going to go. Because all I want is you. Show me your glory. Did you ever pray that? And not in a way like, show me your glory, God, because I can't believe in you unless you do. No. Show me your glory, God, because I got to know. I got to see who you are. And And there's this thing where God says, well, Moses, you know, Nobody's ever seen my glory and live, but look, I'm going to stick you in this little cleft of the rock, a little place where there's a little tiny cave, a little little tiny hole. You get in there, and I'm going to put my hand on you. 
I have to put my hand on you because when I get ready to pass, you'll probably fly out of that hole and spontaneously combust into my presence if I don't cover you. So I'll cover you, and I'm going to pass by, and I'm going to show you my back. And you're never going to look the same after you just see my back. And he does it. And what if this stuff is real? What if we're so distracted by our lives and our pain and our sufferings and our temporal things, and this stuff is real and we miss it? We can't. This is the stuff I got saved on. This is the stuff that drew me to that place in God's presence where I was different, where my broken little waif of a girl became whole. And this kind of stuff right here. Because these are the places where, put me in the cleft of the rock, God, and pass by me. And if no one recognizes me after that, I'll be all right with that, I think. If you're not going, God, I don't want to go either. It's there in Exodus 33. You guys can read all that on your own time. Right after that happens, God has Moses carve out the tablets again, and God writes on them with his finger again because Moses broke the first ones. Interesting. He has a hard time dealing maybe with people too and corruption and sin and brokenness and disobedience. It's in all of us too, though. We wouldn't need a Savior if it wasn't. I know some of us think this kind of stuff talks crazy. This kind of talk sounds crazy. And it might be. I don't know. I mean, all I know is my mind is the mind of Christ. And I, I believe that he's drawing us according to his purposes for the days and the times that we live in. He didn't accidentally put you on the planet in this year at this time with these people and the way people think, with the modern culture, with this post-Christian day that we live in. Why are you here now? Because you've got the stuff in you to pursue him to win the world that's that's still the stuff that we're called to to make disciples that never changed that's still our calling and our directive then there's david king david this is amazing i i heard a message about this and it was so good i'm going to share with you today that david and i get david i get his stuff man i i mean some of his sins are my sins some of his murderous thoughts have been my own and I get that you know I I understand him and then to just come before God and say before you and you alone I sinned restore me man those have been prayers I've prayed have you ever prayed like that have you ever prayed some dangerous stuff where God can just get in there David prayed stuff where he sounds like he's addicted to God have you ever heard we deal with addiction around here people that are addicted will do anything to get that drug or that, whatever it is, that thing that holds them. They'll forsake everything and anyone to get it. David talks like that all the time. My soul follows hard after you. In a dry and weary land where there's no water, I've beheld you in the sanctuary, and I've beheld your power and your glory, and it's all that I want. If I could ask one thing of the Lord, one thing I seek, And only one thing, you're going to get one thing from God, what's it going to be? And he goes, I might dwell in your house forever, that I might know your presence, and that's all I need. Those are radical words of an addict who wants to belong to Jesus, who's got to taste something good and taste it again and again and again, because nothing else can satisfy nothing. And we know, because we try everything. Everything else leaves you dry and parched and guilt-ridden and broken and hungry for more. 
except for him. It's sustaining. Go to the New Testament. And Paul says, for me to live is Christ, but to die, that would be awesome. For me to die, that would be a gain because then there would be more of Jesus. More of the one who arrested me on the road, who reminded me who he is. If I could just die, but it's better for me to be here for you. Wow. That's New Testament stuff. What if Jesus is enough for real? And this is a moment where your mind can wander in directions and think, well, it's not enough because I need A, B, C, D, or I want this, 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 and this. This is the moment of surrender, repentance, and faith. I'm sorry I felt that way, Lord. Help my unbelief. Draw me closer to you. Bring me into your presence. Help me to forsake all others and follow you. What if we thought that way? Matthew 7 says this. You can lean in. It says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. You know, if the little foxes didn't eat it all. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire, and thus... By your fruit, you're going to be recognized. Not everyone who says to me, and this is the terrifying part, Lord, Lord. Well, this is in red, by the way. Jesus said this stuff. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Didn't we feed everybody out on the corner? Didn't we stand and march? for all the things that mattered, all the social injustices. Lord, <laughs> didn't, we, didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we perform miracles? And I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. I don't know about you, but that terrifies me. You know, because I actually believe this stuff. I believe there's heaven and hell. I believe there's a day of reckoning. I believe there's a day that some of us who are alive are just going to be alive and be transformed in the twinkling of an eye and be raptured out of this place. But not yet. And I believe those things. When you stand before him, do you want to hear that? Well done. These are things I grew up on. Things that drew me close to his presence. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You know, what was good and faithful? That I sat in that chair and I called on your name when nobody could hear me. And I told you things that nobody else knows. And you spoke life to me, and I opened your word, and I let it minister to my heart, and I grew in it. And then I told someone else, and someone else, and someone else. And it caused this domino effect of salvation in people that just love God. And I guess, I guess my whole point in all this is that I feel like we have raised a generation, like there's a whole generation of people that don't love God, that don't love, don't love Jesus, you know. And it's like, how can that be? He's really irresistible. He's really, he's really amazing. He's like everything, but people don't even know him. I mean, how many times do you, you leave worship and you think something like, man, I didn't really like worship today. I didn't really get it. It was too loud. You know, just, it was off. And it's like, did you ever think maybe that wasn't for you? 
And there's a place in Revelation, you know, where all the, I'm sorry, I, this is where, I'm, where I live. I thought I'd invite you to come in our first day on YouTube. This would be great. There's a place where these four living creatures are like flying around heaven. <laughs> it's like, if you, if you didn't believe that the Holy Spirit was speaking, it would be like the best acid trip ever. But like, John is looking. That's an old reference. Just skip that part. So here's John seeing these four creatures like flying around the throne room of heaven. They have wings and, you know, eyes everywhere. They can see everything. And they're flying around the throne of heaven and they're saying, holy, 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 holy. And every time they say it, like another round of angels take off. Holy, holy, holy. It's just like swimming around, like flying around heaven. Holy, holy, holy. And then they all fall down on their face and worship God in there. And they're like, he's so holy. I just can't even, but I have eyes everywhere so I can still see. And they take off flying again. Holy, holy. It's like, do you think anyone ever thought, man, Gabriel didn't do that right. You think anybody cared who was saying it or who was reading it? No. That's the presence of God. And for that, what I meant to say was, thank you, God. Will you guys stand up? I've got another story. One quick one. You know, my little granddaughter is going to turn one soon. And her birthday is like December 5th. And Stacy was showing me her invitations for the birthday. And I was really busy. And I just said, hey, can we, that's really important to me. Can we look at that next week? Because I, I'm so busy right now. I can't do it this week. And she's like, okay, okay. And I was thinking about it. You know, I was thinking, what if we just had a cake? And that would be so easy. We just have a cake. And who would come? It'd be me and Stacy and TJ and Scott and maybe the cousins. Chrissy would come. The aunts would come. Chrissy's like, me, Mima would come. Okay, the immediate family would come. But what if we got like a jump jump and we got like a pony ride and we got everything. We got cotton candy makers and face painters. Who would come then? Everybody, our whole family. All the pizza you can eat, come on. And wouldn't it be ridiculous if we said, hey, Violet, look at all your friends. Because for me, I don't even care if there's cake. I just want the little girl, you know? And I think that's the thing. Well, I kind of want cake. But really what I'm saying is it's the little girl. And I'll go anywhere that she is to find her. And that's what God is looking for in us. Let's pray. Father, help us not to be distracted by the things of the world that are fun and big. Lord, help us not to be so serious that we're boring and, and repulse the name of Jesus to people. Help us to live a life, though, God, that in secret, you can hear us and see us, and we're looking to you. God, we know you love us. We, that is settled in our hearts. God, help us to love you. Help us to thank you, and help us to become a generation of people that raises a generation of people that love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of The Loft Podcast. We want to be a partner with The Loft 
you can give on Givelify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 10.30 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Till next time.